1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, June 21st, 2021. And today's episode is brought to you by the Lockdown NHL podcast. You need more hockey news and Lockdown NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked on NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Good episode for you guys today. I'm flying solo. I'm Nolan Bianchi. Neither Scotty Bentley nor Ethan Smith are here today. Apparently, they are fathers. They needed the day off. It's all good. I got it. we're going to have a lot of fun. We got Dylan Griffin on in the episode. Uh, so I'm just doing a quick intro here. I won't bother you guys too much about it. We're looking at Daniel Chaika and Kareel Kersanoff today, the uh, extension of the draft profiles. A good week coming up. We got Tony Ferrari to look at Clark's, uh, Brant Clark and Cole Sillinger on Wednesday. And then we're going to have Scouting back on, on Friday's episode talk about Carson Lambos and Zachary LaRue. So be sure to subscribe. Uh, Make sure those episodes are waiting for you when you wake up each and every day. This is a daily podcast. So if this is your first time listening, you got a lot to look forward to, and you got a lot to look behind you as well. Uh, Go check out some of the past draft profiles, Um, you know, get ready for some of those, those future draft profiles. we got lots of great sleeper episodes, things like that coming up. So thank you so much for everybody joining us today. Happy father's day to all the fathers out there. Uh, i think that's all i got for you. let's kick it to dylan griffin all right at this time we are now joined uh by a very special guest from elite prospects covering russian prospects data extraordinaire uh dylan griffin welcome to the show welcome to lockdown red wings uh we're excited to do some draft profiles with you today man thanks for having me on uh so we're gonna look at a pair of defensemen first um you know, two of the big names coming into this class. We got Daniil Chaika, He's probably the the, the bigger name. Uh, and then another defenseman, Kirill Kursanov. He's not ranked as high, uh, but I, I think I've seen a lot of good things said about him. Uh, he grades out very well in the, or not extremely well, but he grades out pretty well in the, the tables that I saw that you had put out there. Um, so I'm excited to get to know both of these players, but we'll start with Chaika because I think he's in that weird middle ground of like, I don't know if the red rings are going to be able to get him in either direction. They're at six. We confirmed that in the draft lottery on Wednesday night, they're at 22nd or 23rd through that capitals pick. We'll see. Uh, Chica is ranked 19th on TSN and 25 on Dauber prospects. I don't think he was ranked on elite prospects. Uh, actually, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, Mobile 6'3", 185-pound defenseman out of Russia. I think somebody that is very much in play if he does fall with that Capitals pick. Uh, can you give us your overview of Chaika's game?
0: Yeah, I was high on him for a bit. Uh, the more I would kind of watched of him, the more I was starting to question um, just kind of his projectability. Um Obviously, for his size, he moves super well. He's a fantastic skater. Um, that's probably his strongest ability so far. um He can just take the puck, move it all the way up the ice himself; doesn't need to pass it. But where I see the issue is just he plays super passively. He has he has that size, and you just kind of want him to use it a bit more than he does. He just kind of uh, uses his body to pin the other guy, and then uh, tries to poke the puck out rather than just using all that physicality that he can. Um, but that's just kind of one thing that he needs to work on. Uh, you kind of have to sit him down and talk to him. He has the size. He can play more aggressively. It's just uh, training him to do that more. Um, and then offensive zone, when he plays calm, he's good. But once he starts getting pressured, he just fires point shots kind of over and over. Um, That's one thing that I've seen. I saw him in the OHL. I saw a little bit of that. Um, That's just kind of another thing that he needs to really work on. But he has good uh, base tools that he can improve upon. The skating, the passing, just kind of needs to round out his game, get a little bit more aggressive, work on his retrievals. And I don't think the upside is worth the first round pick, but I could see it just because of that size.
1: Uh, well, th- something you just said about him, like the, the passive play that kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, Luke Hughes on the defensive end, where you look at him when he's got the puck and you're like, holy crap, this kid is an ox. And then you're looking at him when he's trying to, you know, defend on the rush and you feel very, very differently about him. Is that kind of a, a similar, uh, trait that's that's applied to Daniel Shaika's game? I guess, do you see them as being similar type players in that sense?
0: Uh, kind of. Uh, with Hughes, I think he's still a bit more active, whether it's positively, um, that's kind of where questions arise with him. Uh, but with Chica, it's more like he's just not doing anything. I just think there's Hughes is active, but questionable. Chica is
1: inactive. <laughs> At least he's trying. Least <laughs> yeah, he's he's trying.
0: making the effort. <laughs> that's <what counts.
1: laughs> So, I mean, that. that that projectability that you just talked about, how much of that maybe do you think is impacted by the fact that he was basically spread pretty evenly across three, you know, different leagues. Uh, this year, he has some time in the KHL, some time in the VHL, some time in the MHL. Um, and it's kind of balanced across those leagues. How much do you think that maybe he kind of was just having a hard time, you know, on a, on a game to game basis, like trying to figure out the the league that he was playing in. Yeah.
0: That's one thing that's kind of, Um, just when I'm looking at, I think about, um, weirdly, he was, I think he was playing his worst in the MHL. Um, and then more in the KHL, he was a bit more responsible. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where you're if you're constantly switching teams, you're constantly changing, um, the quality of your teammates of who you're playing against. You're going from a junior league to maybe the second best hockey league in the world um that kind of jump it's
1: pretty good team too
0: yeah they're they're quite good um but yeah it's just kind of difficult to um think about that and like think how is that affecting him when he is playing his best again in the men's leagues um i just think there's it's just more than uh this league switching that's the issue with him
1: sure so a lot of places kind of describe him as uh, a tactical player. How do you think? Uh, do you think that applies to him? That that label kind of applies to him, and and if so, uh, how do you think that that style of play translates into an NHL style game?
0: Oh uh, yeah, he's definitely. I definitely agree with that. Um, it's just like he tries to make like the. The more technical plays, rather than using that physicality, um, which
1: is almost too tactical. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a little bit too much. Yeah, <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, so that's kind of I don't know if that really is the thing that's gonna like work in the NHL. I think when you have that size, you do have to use it, um, whether you like it or not. That's just how the league is, uh, just how it works. Um, but I just like to see if he can just um work on being that more aggressive style i think he has just the rest of the tools to be a technical defenseman um it's just can he do that
1: did you guys know that built bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor and when you talk to a built bar fan they're definitely passionate about their faves i mean who wouldn't be it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It almost doesn't even make sense. So the fact that, you know, they, they would only have one excellent tasting protein bar is a shock in itself. Uh, but the fact they have nine delicious flavors plus new flavors coming out all the time. I was talking about the grasshopper cookie, the one that they sent me the other day. That was amazing. I hope you guys get to try that. Uh, but no matter what it is, No matter what you like, Built Bar has a flavor for you. And if you don't know all the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out, my friend. They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is truly something for everybody uh if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine uh and you can try it out see which ones you like see which ones you don't like let's be real there won't be any that you don't like and go to billbar.com place your order right now use our promo code lock 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 you'll get 15 percent off of your first order that's promo code lock 15 for 15 off at billpar.com and just missed Circling. Oh. Score! Score! Steve oh my God. Left do you think it's like a lack of effort? Because I've seen some, like some people criticize him for that as well. Like his, his play lacks effort. And uh, sometimes that just means it lacks consistency. Like, so maybe that isn't exactly it, but I guess, how do you see that? I
0: wouldn't go with lack of effort i think he just struggles reading the play um it's something i notice more when he has the puck like in the defensive zone he won't scan before he makes a pass so uh he'll just kind of hold the puck hold the puck hold the puck and then you know five seconds too late he passes the puck and it's a turnover um so it's just uh being able to read the play scan and then choose when he needs to attack i think he just doesn't have that yet Um, And he's kind of like when you're playing in the KHL, you don't want to take risks like that. Yeah, Those are like the top teams that you can play for right now. Um, You don't want to be making big errors, but he ends up making the errors regardless.
1: Probably because he's scared of making the errors. Now uh, a big thing and, is you know we we just talked about Luke Hughes i think a lot of uh these new age defensemen that skate very well um one of the things that can kind of make or break whether or not they're going to be a successful prospect is that transition game offensively and defensively where does he he rank for you compared to other defensemen in the class
0: uh i think he's like mid mid tier with that mm. um, his offensive transition is good, especially when he has the puck. He can skate fluently uh, through all three zones. Uh, defensively, I, I've i seen issues with the gap control. Um, I've seen issues with him not being able to match footwork, um, so he gets kind of beat, he'll misread plays. So it's kind of a tale of like uh, two sides with him, where the offense is really good, the defense is, leaves a lot to be desired.
1: Yeah. Sure. And do you think that that could be improved just like with a little bit of confidence because there are times like i said like when he does have the puck on his stick he does look like an extremely confident hockey player like when he's leaving the zone um when he has room to to move uh but when it comes to things like gap control can that typically be a result of a lack of confidence a lack of experience i think the footwork might be a little bit more concerning in that sense yeah I think you
0: can definitely improve upon it um it's just it's one of those things that can come down to switching leagues switching who you're playing against um when you're coming from the mhl you can kind of it's more lenient with your errors Um, if you don't really have that great control um you won't get exposed as much so when you're making that switch to the khl or the bhl they're obviously going to attack that more Um, they can spot the lapses in defense but when you're playing against you know bad mhl teams because like half the league sucks um, <laughs> they're, they're not really going to be able to spot uh him not be able
1: to you know have that gap control they'll just turn the puck over regardless really <laughs> it's like ottawa playing toronto this season um what does his path to the nhl look like is he more of a, a project type of defenseman or is he good enough in the defensive zone that you can get involved with him in a year or two because you know to his zone presence is decent. Like, I guess, what is the assessment there as far as his path to the NHL and um, what kind of project he is?
0: I still think he needs a couple more years of development. Um, I did watch a couple of games from the OHL last year and I didn't really see too much improvements um, from last year to this year. Um, Obviously COVID season makes it weird, um, but I think if you let him stay in Russia, uh, for a year, two years, if he wants to. Um, he obviously came uh, to North America pretty young, so he might just want to go back next year. But staying in Russia is obviously going to help because playing against the best competition, that's not the NHL.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you kind of, that would pretty much uh, be the best for his development. Maybe you sign him into the AHL right away. Um, there's been prospects this year who have been playing in there and doing really well. Um, but that's kind of throwing him right to the wolves. Um, yeah. So sure. I think if he wants to stay in Russia, you just let him stay there two, three years. Maybe he improves a lot next year. You can call him over even sooner, but that's kind of what I would do with him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we even talked with uh, a two Silton yesterday and he, we were kind of talking about how, you know, at this stage of the, the Red Wings rebuild, it might not be bad. I mean, not that they have any uh, adverse, you know, Uh, whatever you want to call it to drafting from Europe anyways. But I'm like, this is kind of be like a good time to really start like going Europe heavy because, you know, just with, I think a lot of the uncertainty that was there this year probably won't be there next year, just in the world. Um, But I also think I I like the idea of, you know, you have these guys, you don't have to worry about them with the influx of prospects that are becoming over here. um, I don't, hate the idea of of drafting kind of heavy european letting them develop in those leagues not having to get them on their elcs uh for for a couple years so um i like that from from that standpoint yeah
0: the only real issue though is that like if you're looking at europeans uh especially russia sweden uh once they go up to like the khl shl uh, those teams don't care about developing nhl players Mm-hmm. They care about developing players that are going to help them win. So that's kind of like the one issue that comes with that. Yeah. Like if you look at someone like Vasily Podkolz, and uh, he gets like 12 minutes a game in Russia because they don't care about his development. He wasn't signing a contract with them. Yeah. Just gonna, who cares? He doesn't matter. He's not going to be in our plans next year. So <laughs> sure. Ruin him. But that's just kind of one thing you do have to worry about with right. your.
1: Well, fair enough. Especially in the KHL where the, uh, the league of play is. Or the the caliber of play is so much higher than that of most other leagues. Now let's wrap up, Chaika. What is the biggest reason that you call his name on draft day? And if you don't take him, what's the biggest reason that you pass on him?
0: I mean, you take him for the skill or the the size and the skating. Um, That's kind of like the two things that like you you see with him every single game. He's a great skater for his size. He's six foot three. NHL GMs love that. So uh,
1: that's then, it. That's the whole package right there. <laughs> they, you know, number one
0: defenseman in two years. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then it would just be the passiveness for me. I just I the more I watched of him, the more I couldn't get around it. Um, he just really, really needs to work on that to be an NHL caliber defenseman.
1: Well, yeah. And I mean, hopefully, because it all depends on where he ends up going uh, in the draft that kind of determines his value. But like if the Red Wings can get him with an early second or or a mid second, I don't have great hopes that that's going to happen. But I also feel like literally anything is possible in this draft. So um, I would be extremely happy uh, with that. I'd be somewhat happy if they use that other first round pick on him but i i probably uh don't see that if his if his draft year kind of um started to cause him to trail off and he even fell off uh you know on most people's boards i think mckenzie had him at 13 in his midseason rankings um dropped him to 19 so he's been kind of dropping uh across the board in that sense also going to talk to you guys today about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline bet online is the fastest and easiest way to track and bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NHL playoffs are just getting good, as are the NBA playoffs. And you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and even UFC, MMA, boxing, all of that good stuff. So before the next pitch, before the next puck drop, before the next jump ball, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code ON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked at BETONline. Your online sportsbook experts. Right from the face off, Red control, Cronwall to Zetterberg. SCARS! Game over, game seven. Here we come. Let us move on to Karel the Thrill, not Karel Kaprizov. Karel Uh Really crazy alliteration there with those two names. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, but my brain is dumb, and I'm like an idiot dude sports fan, and so I'm like, that's Karel Kaprizov. But Pretty it's much, not. Yeah. This is a left-handed <laughs> left-hand shot defenseman. Uh, that's probably not going to score a lot. So, uh, but it, like I said, that's this is why I could never be an NHL GM because I'm like that's. That's almost the same thing. That's Karel Capriza. Good analysis. <laughs> uh, 6'1", 198 pounds, uh, played a lot with St. Petersburg in the KHL this year, spent some games in the VHL and MHL as well, but 29 games played in the KHL. A pretty key player for Russia in the World Junior Championships. He's got good KHL experience like we just talked about. What do you like about Karel? What do you dislike? And – uh do you think that that range of, of right about 60, because that's kind of the average of where a lot of places have him, do you think that that's kind of where uh, he will be in play for teams at the draft?
0: Uh, yeah, I can definitely see him that low, maybe even falling into the third round. Uh, I really, really like his skating ability. Um, he is super good at utilizing his crossovers, his pivots. He just flies through the neutral zone, basically turns into a forward. Um, and then the issue is that he doesn't have the offensive instincts to
1: continue what he
0: started. So he's not really Carl Kaprizov, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, give it time. You know, Kaprizov was a fifth rounder.
0: Okay. <laughs> Once he's 23 and in the NHL, we'll be a call yeah. finalist, Yeah, then we'll
1: see. <laughs> well, we'll have you back on the show.
0: Um, but yeah, he's a really good skater. Um, defensively his positioning is always solid he sometimes flip-flops between like a super aggressive style and then kind of just waiting around a little bit too much but he's been playing uh men's leagues everywhere khl he played uh, for the russian national team a bit uh obviously the world juniors that whole team was kind of bad though so i kind of just threw that out um but he's just been
1: – But he had a really good World Junior Championship tournament, like all things considered. And isn't that kind of what really helped him along as this year kind of progressed? Was that performance at the World World Juniors?
0: Yeah. I think that, like, out of how bad the team was, how poorly it was coached, I think that he was kind of one of the starlets of it.
1: Wait, is that uh-huh. Igor Larionov disrespect? <laughs>
0: okay how
1: bad? <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm
0: just kidding.
1: <laughs> oh god never <laughs> no i mean go ahead and can you explain i guess can you explain the dynamic of that that team because i mean i don't it was interesting it was like supposed it was like branded as this like rebirth of russian hockey under igor larianov taking him back to the red army days like what happened there what what caused that
0: I think a lot of, like first off we made a lot of mistakes on our team selection. Um uh, it was just some random KHL guys because simply because they play in the KHL and they're, they're big. Um but it just felt like everybody was being limited in what they would would were doing, like what they were allowed to do. There was just so many point shots from the defensemen. Every time they had the puck it was a point <laughs> shot. Uh I think in like one of the last games, they had two goals against just because they took a point shot, got blocked, and then the other team went the other way and scored. And it was just all they were doing the whole tournament when they had these, like, super fun forwards Mm -hmm. that can do so much on their own. And they just didn't let them do anything. So, kind of just ruined the team, really.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, do you think that 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 could be, like, not... I don't know if culture shock is the right word, but just, like... Sometimes you're given so much freedom that you you don't know what to do with it. And then like you might kind of put it back and you might put yourself back into a box uh, just to simplify the game again. And I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other, but I'm curious to see what like if Larionov, you know, stays kind of uh, with that program how things will change over the years. And if they will start to, I guess, actually play more freely, play more creatively uh, and all that other stuff.
0: Yeah. I think that keeping him there is still the right move uh, to be the coach. Uh, I think that his team selections will be better as the years progress. They kind of, this is the first year that they stopped just bringing a bunch of 20 year olds uh, who like no one cares about. Uh, (laughs) So that's, That was like step one. So with next year, there's a lot of good players that um, are going to be available for the team. Um, I think just they'll get more used to coaching at the world juniors, since it's kind of a different experience than most coaching jobs. Yeah. So, yeah, I think obviously outside of looking in, but I think there are still some issues with the coaching. i I could see that, that they're just giving too much and they just don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they just need to improve. That's all I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not uh, an incorrect statement. What do you got, Scotty? Uh, so he seems to have a lot of the same accolades as Chaka, and, and grades out uh, decently similarly and and kind of impact-wise as well. Uh, what's stopping him from being mentioned in that same breath? Yeah. Uh
0: name value i, I think that Fair. i think that kirsten was already above chayka at least in my personal rankings at the rankings we did at lee prospects we had kirsten up higher i just think it's uh kind of a lot of people know the name Daniel not already he obviously played in canada so it's a big boost for him um but i i, I when i watch the two i just see kirsten I was the better player there's issues with his smarts, um, you kind of watch him and, and think, well, why would you do that? And you just think that over and over. But then he'll come out and make like three, four good plays in a row. And it's like, oh, okay, that's why I like you.
1: Sure. <laughs> Fair.
0: Just kind of a theme with Russians this year. Um, but I, I just, I really liked him all year long. He kind of like moved up and down a bit, but he really hovered around the second round the whole time. Um, if he's somebody that he can get, you know, even in the third round, I think you're getting a really good player there. Uh, really projectable, even if it's just a bottom pairing defenseman, which I mean, I don't think you're too upset with in this draft class if you're getting that in the third round. Sure, um, yeah, but he's he just projects well, he skates well, he's physical, everything.
1: How much attention is uh, do you pay to birthday because he has kind of a late birthday? Um, And, you know, we keep bringing up Luke Hughes, but on the one hand, you have a guy like Kirill uh, who has a a bit of a late birthday, has some deficiencies. Um, And you have a guy like Luke Hughes who gets somewhat of a benefit of the doubt because, uh, you know, he's younger. So he gets away with being maybe an immature player sometimes. Um, How much of that do you pay attention to? And I guess specifically uh, in this context with um, Kirsanov,
0: I kind of don't really uh give it too much value mm-hmm. i just think just because he's playing in the khl i'm not super worried that he's a bit older for this draft class i think with someone like luke hughes since he's like two days or whatever from being uh 2022 eligible i think that's kind of a a, a good reason to uh throw some things off to the side be like maybe he can fix that you know, he's still super young uh but with Kersanov, I think it's just as he matures more, um, I'm not like super concerned with his negatives. I just think that there are things that he needs to improve upon and that it's possible for him to improve upon. Nothing that's like, oh, uh, he if he was like Luke Hughes' age, I wouldn't be like um, using that as an excuse for him because I don't think that's that bad of an issue. He's already super mature, um, even though he's just a couple months older, really, than Hughes is, if you're looking at it. And um, so I don't, I don't really care about it that much. No.
1: All right. Fair enough. Uh, we'll wrap up for um Kursanov here. It's draft day. What's the biggest reason you take him and what's the biggest reason you pass on him? If you have a reason that you pass on him, it's, it sounds like you, you kind of have a, a soft spot in your heart for him. Uh, I guess it just
0: depends where I'm picking. Um, but I, I mean, I'm taking him for that skating ability, uh, that transitional play the puck moving. He's a fantastic passer. Um, And then just kind of hoping that the defensive consistency develops more. Uh, I'm passing on him, I guess, just depending where I'm picking, uh, who's still on the board. Um, If if it's like late second round, I probably just don't pass on
1: him. All right. That'll do it for today's episode. Thank you so much to Dylan Griffin for joining us today. I presume we are going to have him back on at some point, but we have run out of uh, all of the, what do you call it? Uh, Pack uh, episodes that we did with him so far. So the the way we've been kind of doing this is uh, we just sit down with one of these guys and bang out like four or five over an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, and we were, we did a bunch in one week. So we've we we've been kind of rolling on them. If anything is outdated, uh, that is probably why. Um, I did not listen to back to the Dylan Griffin one. So I don't know if anything was outdated or not. But just for a little heads up, if you're ever wondering like, hey, what do you mean these last few weeks? Uh, that, that was a month and a half ago. Um, that would explain it. So just want to throw that out there. Thanks again to everybody who joined today. Uh, We can't wait to see you tomorrow. Not sure exactly what we're going to have planned, but it's going to be something probably more immediate looking at the off season, things like that. So subscribe, make sure uh, you wake up, have that episode waiting for you. And we can't wait to see you guys on your morning commute or your afternoon commute, whatever. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.